Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha Kabbalah and Machshava podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying this content, you can subscribe at yesodblocks.com to get access to a lot of other very cool stuff that we're developing at Yesodblocks. Literally every week, new stuff is coming out, uh, big upgrades coming soon, and so all kinds of great stuff, Torah, integrated Torah, holistic Torah, uh, essentially access to the perspectives that we're sharing here in more isolated form in the context of every halacha and the Shulchan Aruch that we're exploring. We're continuing with this episode with Hilchus Berch Satora, and we're just moving through halacha by halacha. So if you haven't listened to this series before, you just know we basically take one halacha from the Shulchan Aruch in each episode and try to dig from the halacha at its superficial level, its actual uh, meaning on the on these practical level, and then try to see the underlying depths of it, the uh, Kabbalah meaning, the, the layers of integrated systematic connections between the halacha that we're learning about and the actual connection that we have with Hashem. And that's really uh, constantly uh, the goal and the challenge. And the reason is because uh, not only is it obviously very easy to get caught up in the superficial aspects of halacha simply because it's very practical, but uh, it's hard for us sometimes to actually pay attention to Hashem. And that's because Hashem is someone, just like when you're in a relationship with somebody, we develop all kinds of baggage and all kinds of habituated thoughts and, and scars and markings inside of our emotions and inside of our thoughts. And so that's all uh, a function of the Eitzah Das, the Das Tovara dynamic, where we develop perceptions of ourselves, of other people that are a function of habit. And so when you're in a relationship with somebody and you have habituated perspectives about them, so then what happens is you have a hard time facing them. You have a hard time actually talking to them about things that you think. You have a hard time really admitting that they're there. And so we often in relationships where, that, where there's that kind of habituated thinking, we simply fill our time in that relationship with routine with rote interactions, trying to find activities that we can engage in to make us not think about the fact that we are distanced, we are uh, we are estranged from our beloved, from this the person that we are in the relationship with. And so that's essentially what we're trying to undo here. We're trying to be able to turn ourselves towards Hashem to create a panim el panim, face-to-face kind of connection, uh, and to use halacha as the way to do that. And really, from both sides, both of you are a halachic person, and you're very habituated in halacha, and you don't really think about it that much, uh, to sort of get access to Hashem through the halacha that you're living. And if you are someone who's very spiritual and Kabbalah-oriented and machshava-oriented, and trying, you're trying to always access spiritual states, so to bring Hashem into that as intensively as possible, and also to then learn how to manifest that kind of intense spiritual dynamism uh, through the framework of halacha, as opposed to seeing halacha as some kind of rigid system, which is just about keeping you in a certain track. It's about actually expressing these spiritual dynamics uh, in a in a practical sense that actually is reflective of, of your relationship with Hashem. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you're only expressing your love of them in the ways that you want to, that are that are particularly satisfying for you, then you're not really in touch with them. There's not really enough yesod in that relationship. Yesod meaning the bridging between you and actual them. And so halacha essentially is uh, a way to make sure you're in touch with Hashem according to what He wants, according to what, what Hashem's, and again, we can to figure out why Hashem wants these things is part of the discussion here because each of these things is a reflection of reality in different forms, different aspects of reality. And so to engage in halacha is essentially to be in touch with Hashem in a way that is accurate to Hashem as opposed to just trying to express your own spiritual passions in ways that you feel are uh, fulfilling for you. So it creates a really a two-sided 
uh, reciprocal relationship. So we're still in Siman Mem Zayin, and we're moving forward at a at a reasonable clip. So uh, uh, we're just we're literally going halacha by halacha here, and we're up to halacha yod aleph in Siman Mem Zayin. Siman Mem Zayin is section forty seven. Halacha yod aleph is the eleventh halacha in the section. It says shnat keva bayom al mitaso. If a person takes a real nap on their bed during the day, have a hefseg. That's considered to be a hefseg. So we've been discussing the last couple of sections, last couple of halachos, uh, this idea of hefseg in which when you stop, when there's a break in between a bracha, which is a consciousness uh, expansion mechanism, a consciousness triggering, a awareness of Hashem triggering tool, when you say the words of a bracha, you basically are trying to access awareness of, of, of Hashem's presence. In the context of a particular activity, whether it's eating something or whether it's doing a mitzvah, there's lots of different types of brachos. And so each time you're basically trying to connect something in the in the physical experiential world to Hashem instead of experiencing it as something isolated uh, from Hashem. And so this is really, this is like a an ongoing saga because since our minds are the das tovara that shadows our thinking and our perceptual uh, landscape. So we tend to to focus on things in fragmented ways, things that are right in front of us are what we pay attention to. And so uh, we are trying to to change the perceptual landscape to actually see how things are all connected and how there's a set of relationships between the things that we're doing and the, and, and the things that we're interacting with and larger reality, Hashem self, and the layers of existence that are between Hashem self and the particular thing that we're involved in. And so a hefsake is basically a break in that integrating process, and so it can actually undermine your ability to put together the the perceptions that are actually more aligned and more true, because if we pause in the middle of things, it reduces the coherence, it reduces the, the continuity of the process that we're engaging in when we actually say a bracha and, and, then, act, and then execute the activity that is related to the bracha, whether it's eating or learning or anything else. And so the idea of hefsake is a significant idea, and uh, again, it's not like it's the biggest problem in the world, it just means that if, if you if you make a hefsake, it's not going to destroy everything you've ever done, uh, so it's not, it, it should be proportionately understood, but it's essentially an aspect of the way that our minds work, is that since they are scattering, they are fragmenting in general because of the Eitzadas, so hefsake is a, is a part of that, in other words, when you stop, it's essentially activating the scattering, the fragmenting dynamic, and that then counterbalances and, and, and undermines the process of integration and coherence and connection that you're trying to form in your mind. So in this halacha, we're talking about a particular example where you are, uh, you're, you said the brachos of Birchos Torah, and you're supposed to then learn Torah after that, and then that, those brachos that you said are supposed to allow you to connect the Torah learning that you're doing to this larger picture of what Torah is and who Hashem is and the relationship between Hashem and Torah, that the Torah is actually Hashem's thoughts and that uh, that Hashem uh, has, has put us into a context in which all of reality is a reflection of those thoughts and the Torah is essentially, we always, we all develop maps of reality that we refer to when we then interact with reality. In other words, uh, you can think of it as we're absorbing information through our senses and then we construct internal coherency maps of all the data that we're bringing in. So you don't actually really see uh, reality in the way that we that you experience it. In other words, your eyes pick up all the different shapes and, and patterns that are around you, and your ears hear sounds that also have patterns. And then what you do is you construct in your mind a picture uh, and, a, and, a, and a map, really, a reflection of the outer world that's all around you, 
And then you refer to that outer world frequently when interacting with that outer world. And often we run into problems because, because we, since we use das tovara, in other words, we construct maps in a way that sometimes is a function of our emotional state when we actually encounter something. So you can actually add layers of meaning to that map that are not reflective of the truth. In other words, somebody could say something to you. Uh, let's say somebody says a, a little bit of a brusque comment to you while you're walking down the street. And let's say they're trying to pass you and they say something a little bit a little bit rough. So you might have a very intense reaction to that because when you were younger, you got you were bullied often, and then you develop an emotional uh, reaction in your in your in your inner map of how people when people talk in a rough way, how they are really out to hurt you. They're dangerous. They're potentially bullying and harmful. So then when this person who is not bullying and harmful just says something in a little bit of a rough tone, it might trigger a cascade of thoughts in your mind, and that could then activate that entire way of seeing things, and then you can go into an emotional state that's a result of that, of feeling upset or hurt or and react very strongly, even though that person was not anywhere near the level of intensity of what you experienced in prior uh, uh, experiences. And so... What that essentially illustrates is that the maps that we use to relate to existence are a function of our experiences, a function of our preferences and habits of the past. And then we relate, we, re, we, we refer to those maps to relate to the world around us. So the the Torah is essentially supposed to be a, a solution to that. It's a map of existence. It's, it's the way that Hashem sees things in their totality. And we're trying to absorb and see things in their totality as well. And so in this halacha, we're talking about a situation where a person now went to sleep in the middle of the day. And they didn't just doze off like we saw in the previous halacha where they, there was a very brief break where they slept for a little while and then uh, it was very very brief so when they woke up it was still there it was still the continuation of the same uh, trend or the same the same dynamic of, of experience of that day and so then you would not need to make birchus torah again so here in this halacha we're talking about a situation where a person actually goes to sleep for real they take a nap in the middle of the day for an hour and a half and that's what's called shnas keva uh, a person who sleeps in a more permanent way, meaning not permanent forever, but uh, but sleeping that is not just like a dozing off. So you slept in a, in a real way on your bed. So you really went to sleep, took a nap on your bed. That's called a hefsek, which according to this opinion, you'd have to then say again when you woke up. And then it says, there's another opinion here. Uh, that says the lo have a hefsek that it's actually not a hefsek the nagu and that's the minhag that has been followed that it's actually not a hefsek to sleep in a more uh, a more significant way during the day so we have these two different opinions here about whether or not sleeping uh, during the day on your bed is actually considered to be a hefsek and let's look now in the mission of Bura, he adds a little bit to this the nagu uh, this is in Sif Katan Chafhe. It's uh, uh, Mishnah Brewer's Halacha uh, number twenty-five. Kasav. This is one of the Achronim, a later, uh, later uh, uh, commentary. Kasav. He says that according to him, somebody who says Birchus Torah again after sleeping in this way, so it's actually a, he'll he'll receive Tavola Bracha is a phrase that means like it'll it'll be something which is good for him. He'll receive a Bracha from Hashem that will be more more blessing in his life, more of Hashem sharing. Uh, uh, positive things into his life. In other words, it's a good thing to say Birchus Torah again. He quotes his his teacher who had the same custom to actually say Birchus Torah again. And then he quotes a bunch of other people who agree with that. And the idea here is that very often when there is a situation of Brachos, where we're not sure if we need to make the Bracha again, so often we are lenient in doing that. And in this case, the Mishnah Bura quotes the opinion here that, that to not be lenient and to actually, uh, instead of not saying the brachos again, to actually say them a second time. And so the first thing I want to take out of this halacha is just to understand that the, in halacha, this is, the reason why I mentioned earlier that it's not a rigid system is because of this exact point. 
we just learned two completely opposing viewpoints about this issue. And that's actually very common in Halacha, and it's very common in the Gemara as well. And that's because what we're seeing here is there's actually two different logics about how to view this issue that are both true, and both logics are applicable. And so there are two different ways to essentially relate to the, the logics here, or the, to, to, to relate to the issue. And both of those options of how to relate to it are true. And so this is actually a very core, uh, it's actually kind of, you know, we're just going to use it as an as a ironic tangential side point here, which is that, um, that in Halacha and in Torah in general, one of the things that we gain from learning Torah is the ability to loosen our perceptual convictions or to loosen our perceptual tendencies by learning about different frames of reference in terms of existence. In other words, let's just look at this as an example. So what exactly is the, the underlying mechanics that are present in each of these two opinions? So one opinion says that if you sleep during the day, that's considered to be a hefseik in Birchos Torah. Now, if you sleep if you sleep during the day uh, for an hour and a half, it's generally a hefseik for any other bracha. If you make a bracha on a food and then you go to sleep and then you try to eat the food afterwards, you definitely need to make a new bracha at that point. There are lots of lots of other brachos that where that is also true. So why would it be that with Torah, with specifically the bracha of learning Torah, you would you would actually if you slept permanently, I mean, in a significant way, on your bed during the day, that you'd then uh, not have to make the bracha again. Why would that be? Well, if we think a little bit about what Torah is and sort of what the birchus Torah is about, so sleeping during the day is like a little bit of an anomaly in halacha, sort of. And then what I mean by that is that sleeping at night, essentially, is what we're, what we're doing is we're basically saying, okay, the nighttime is a time where everything is dark. And so our experiential encounter with reality is that we now can't really experience it. So we retract ourselves and we go back to Hashem, like we discussed way back in the beginning of the series, that when you go to sleep, what's happening is your neshama, which has now been overly immersed in existence in a very intense way, and so now it begins to actually shift its... Uh, point of identity to existence, to the physical world. That's what Das Tovara does to us. In order to undo that, we then have to pull ourselves back, and then we essentially become dormant in terms of our the connection of our consciousness, our neshama, to the physical existence. And that's a kind of like a recharge dynamic, where now our consciousness is actually fused again with Hashem in some kind of higher state, and then we are outside of space and time. We lose touch with space and time and all the anchors that we use to experience ourselves as the character that we are currently playing. And then we, when we wake up, we're now rebalanced towards Hashem, towards our source, because the neshama is actually an aspect of Hashem, not, not part of the physical world. And so we pull out in order to reattach ourselves to Hashem in that way, or to revitalize and to reinforce the awareness of our core identity, that we are actually timeless, spaceless selves that are outside of existence. And then when we come back into existence, we can now re-engage from a place of deeper clarity and balance as to who we are. And then again, as the day progresses, we become more and more and more connected and immersed in the physical world. So we begin to identify ourselves again as our bodies and as the things that are happening to us and as our memories. And so we go to sleep to pull ourselves out of that again. And so we do that during the time of darkness because that's essentially when the, the world essentially reflects the cycle of in and out, the cycle of, of awake and asleep, the cycle of, of experiential and, and mutedness. And so we're basically pulling out of existence when it's time to be more muted and to essentially go back to the timeless, spaceless, more... Uh, um, uh, essentially just not not defined type of, of being. And that's what night is, because night is it's much less defined because light is what we need for contrast. And so there is no way to really see things and experience them in a very clear way 
during the nighttime. And that's, of course, recognizing that today we have lights, so we actually try to uh, negate this to some degree, but we still can't negate it fully no matter how much technological prowess we develop until we really change the game and get to the Olm Haba stage, in which case we will not really need to sleep anymore because we'll be fully fused with Hashem, we'll also fully manifest in the world without this need for this oscillation of back and forth that we have with sleep and awakeness. And so sleeping during the day is something which is anomalous in that in that framework. It's something which we need to do sometimes because our bodies require uh, more recharging and our neshamos potentially are also need that kind of, uh, of reconnecting to Hashem. But the point is that when we say Birchus HaTorah, Birchus HaTorah generally is supposed to be a bracha that we say that connects Torah learning to the phase of the daytime, essentially to the phase of our awake time. And so the reason for that would seem to be that Torahism is a reflection of existence in which we are now going to explore the world, we're going to encounter it in its detail, and on all its contrasts and all its dynamism, and then we're going to look to the Torah to actually develop a map that reflects that world within which we are experiencing and, 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 and traveling and, and journeying. And so what that means is that the that the the connection of Torah to Hashem in our minds is set up that it's essentially organized around the, the standardized awake time. And so the logic here would be that we say the bracha in the morning, we first are activated, we first start our day, we first now are getting into the into the mode of doing, and so then we, we say the brachos and we now act, we, we connect to Torah as, as an expression of Hashem's way of seeing things and all the ways that we delineated when saying the brachos, uh, when explaining the brachos in earlier episodes. And then that's supposed to last for the entire phase of awakeness. And the question is, when you go to sleep during the day, is that something which is actually a, a break in your day, such that now it's like the day stopped and you are now almost like starting a new day, and then it's a new phase of activity? Or is it just a, or is it just kind of like a brief pause where you're still in the day, just like when you go to work or you do anything else, uh, you're stopping from learning Torah, but you're not restarting your day. You're not pulling out of the world to then come back in as a new form. Uh, after taking a nap like that. And there's really two ways to look at sleep during the day. In fact, I'm sure everyone uh, who's listening has, uh, has experiences before you ever you ever take a nap during the day and then wake up and feel like it's the next day. I mean, that's super common. Um, and so that's really, uh, and th- but then there's also naps you take where you don't feel that way and it feels like it's the same day. And so these are both two actual perceptions of how we experience naps and sleep and, and daytime. And, and so that's why there are two different opinions here because these are both valid ways of experiencing reality. And so with given, given that validity, so the halacha here can really go either way. And so the first takeaway is that, that you see in halacha there's really, a con- and in Torah, there's a constant um, focus on trying to see things uh, in terms of their possibilities of how they can be viewed. And there's more than one way to see things. There's only one way to actually do things, but there's more than one way to see things. And so we can actually learn how to modulate our own perceptions when we're talking to somebody else about their views on some issue to recognize that, um, to, to get used to the idea of, let me now try on my view and then try on their view and vice versa without having emotional investment on either side. In other words, don't start to develop convictions that one view or the other is correct yet. You can have the convictions in a different area of your mind. And in fact, we, we really can do that and, and, and it's, a, it's a great way to, to think. But to try on somebody else's perceptions will allow you to then see how they see the world. Then you can actually see where are their inconsistencies, where are their problems. That's, that's essentially how the learning Torah, or one of the ways that learning Torah, allows us to undo the damage of the Eitz Hadas, which causes us to develop only partial perceptions of reality. And so that's in terms of the overarching theme here. In terms of the halacha itself, so there really are two ways to do this, and both of them really uh, 
um, relate to what's real, and so you can choose to say Birchus HaTorah. If you take a nap during the day, uh, you can choose to say Birchus HaTorah again, or you can choose not to, and either way, you are still able to learn Torah, and again, if you're thinking the thoughts of, well, what, should I say it again or not, you're already in the headspace of connecting the Torah learning that you're doing to Hashem, and so many people are lenient about this and don't actually say the Brachos a second time, but some people do, and you, have, you can rely on the Mishnah Brura's opinion here to do this, and the last takeaway here is just what I said earlier, which is that Halacha is not rigid, what you see here is that when you look at halacha in a very, you know, I'll even, I'll, I'll say it like this, it's it's often the case that people quote particular things as if they are halacha and that this is the way you have to do things and if you don't do it this way you're doing something wrong. And it's not a very useful approach because uh, when you actually open up the Shulchan Aruch and you actually learn the halachos, you see there's so much going on, there's so many different opinions and so many different sides to every issue, and you can actually work through those things and then assess which thing is the right thing to do depending on your situation and, and the application of halachic principles. I don't mean you can just follow whatever you want and whatever opinion you encounter, you can just choose to follow it. What I'm saying is that understanding these things carefully allows you access to a whole range of options, which are all a, a, a reflection of a, a way to connect to Hashem uh, in, in a way that's in alignment with what Hashem actually wants, like we said in the beginning, on, from a Yisod place, there's somebody else here to actually connect to Hashem uh, according to what Hashem wants. And so if someone, you know, someone just tells you, oh, this is the only thing, this, this is the way you're supposed to do it, this is the halacha, I recommend, go look it up. Um, and people send me questions all the time like that on my WhatsApp, I get questions about different halachos, and you know, I once had a conversation with, a, with somebody about a, a particular viewpoint about, I think it was wearing stockings for, for women, um, it's a good example because some people think that's actually a halacha and it's not really, a, there's many different opinions and approaches to things like tznius, uh and how to, how to dress for women and for men. And so to know about those things and to know the different opinions and the ins and outs allows you, and then to also know the underlying um, concepts, the Kabbalah ideas, the dynamics between you and Hashem to make it fully real and fully balanced. So actually is the, is the gateway to really knowing how to live without this almost like neurotic rigidity perspective, but instead a real genuine Torah perspective about all these kinds of things. So hope that was clear and helpful. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in again. And uh, check out yoursoblocks.com and you can get a lot, of, a lot more cool stuff over there. And looking forward to having you join me in the next episode.